0: If you would take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the book of John, John chapter number 1, please, in your New Testament, the book of John, chapter number 1. Little boy was returning home after attending his first Sunday school, and his mother asked, who was your teacher? The little boy answered, I don't remember her name. But she must have been Jesus' grandmother, because that's all she could talk about. We ought to be that way, too. That ought to be the theme of our conversation. I am so glad you're here today, and I trust you'll uh, be a part of our Valentine's Banquet, and and, uh, it'll be good. I, I've chosen a verse out of the book of John, chapter number 1, verse 29. I'd like you to look at it with me just a minute. And uh, I'd just like to read that one verse and try to make it applicable to the situation today. The Bible said, And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. That's a strange description of the omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-wise creator of the universe. Because just a few verses before that, Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Skip down to verse 14, and the Word was made flesh, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And here John the Baptist describes the creator and the sustainer of all of creation as the Lamb of God. Well, John is baptizing in the River Jordan. The crowds have swelled beyond imagination. The biblical author describes that all Judea went out to be baptized of John. As the crowds begin to swell and the water begins to roll as the results of being baptized, suddenly John looks up between baptisms and looks down the long dusty road there and a lone figure making his way to John. And John hesitated what he was doing and called everybody's attention to that lonely figure coming down the road. I don't know if you know what behold means. I think some of you read next. Look at that. For you educated folk, what a wonderful sight. But John says, let me call your attention. Let me gather all of your emotions and all of your will and all of your being. Let me gather your thought a minute and just lift your eyes above all of this earth's hell and turmoil. I want you to look. The Lamb of God. without spot and without blemish. Promised by Abraham in Genesis 22 as he laid his own son on the altar there, raised his hand to plunge that knife deep into his heart and sacrifice his own son. But before they got there, Isaac, not Ishmael now, Isaac is the one that's on the altar, not Ishmael. Regardless what the Muslims may say, it's not Ishmael, it's Isaac. And Isaac says to his daddy, we've got the wood and we have the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And in Genesis 22 and verse 8, the Bible says, Abraham looked at his son and said, son, God will provide Himself a lamb. Nineteen hundred years later, John the Baptist must have been reading the Book of Leviticus because it talks about taking the lamb of the first year, without spot and without blemish, and laying it on the altar there for the forgiveness of sin. Perhaps John the Baptist had read Isaiah and was familiar with the lamb. And he Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 and verse 7 that he would be a lamb led to the slaughter. And as sheep is led to the slaughter, he was said, spoke not a word. Perhaps down through the Prophecies and promises and uh, and all and all and all. And Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, In the fullness of time, in God's time, God would send forth his son made of the woman, made under the law. And now, 1900 years later, after... Abraham was promised, and Isaac was promised, and the Old Testament law began to practice a lamb, a lamb, a lamb. Bring a lamb, bring a lamb. If you want your sins forgiven, bring a lamb. And for all of those hundreds of years, as the law is practiced, they practice the lamb. And in Isaiah, he promises a lamb. And thank God when John the Baptist was baptized, he looked up and said, Just let God promise the lamb of God. The lamb of God. Why a lamb? Why a sacrifice? Why an innocent lamb? Why would God's Son, the Lamb of God, make a trip from heaven's portal gates and the streets of gold and jump on the golden staircase and make his way down through through eternity and time and get off in Bethlehem manger and become a little bitty baby? Why would God do that? Why would God send His Son? Why would the Son even dare to do that? Now held captive in a human body, helpless if you please. Somebody else has to feed and nourish the Creator of the universe. The one who stood on the ledge of nothing and spoke and everything you and I see came into existence now has to be nourished and bottle-fed and taken care of and nurtured in a human body. Limited to a specific place at a specific time, no longer omniscient, no longer able to be everywhere, any time all the time no longer be able to be la- loosed but now limited to a human body so helpless so dependent i know you've thought of that why why would god do that I read a verse right recently for God so loved the world John said behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world if you have problems today it's not because of grace it's because of sin If your faces begin to wrinkle, and your bones begin to ache, your teeth are falling out, and just admit it, you stink worse than you used to. Not only that, all men are liars. What do you think is happening to you? Oh, these young folk over here—they—they they are so smooth and and so zealous and so rambunctious. They don't think they're ever going to die. They're not going to get old. They're not going to get ugly like some of you. Why? Did Jesus come as the Lamb of God? He came to take away your sins. Yes, a perfect sacrifice, a pure sacrifice a promised sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. You see, He's the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. Just like God promised, He came. And do you know I'm so glad that God is a promise keeper? Long before, lying men said they were promise keepers. Has anybody ever promised you anything and it didn't pan out? You know, like I'll pay you next Friday. Thank God, all of God's promises works out. And I would like to talk to you this morning about Jesus is here, just like he said just like he said and god has provided for us and god has provided for the world the universal sacrifice think about this but god committed his love toward you do we have any you's in the place i'm not talking about you lambs i'm talking about you human beings i'm wondering are you a you but God commended his love toward you. Now listen, for you, not, not, not the guy behind you, not the guy beside you, not your wife, not your mother, not your brother, God commended his love toward you. He loves you. As unlovable as you are, and as cantankerous as you are, God loves you. And he proved it by sending his son to be a propitiation your sin. God has given us a universal sacrifice. Universal in its scope. Think about this, if you would please. The Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I want you to do something. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a whosoever. Right now. Go ahead. You are a whosoever. Go ahead. Turn. You are a whosoever. Well, participation in the Baptist Church. I can get people to give money. I can't get them to act like they're saved. Jim, you are a whosoever. Now, tell me, Jim, I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. That ain't what you thought, of. <laughs> what you thought about sin is not whosoever. Do you think maybe there's any whosoever's in here? The Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ is God's sacrifice, the Lamb of God that came to take our sins of the world away. And whosoever, if you are whosoever, you not only need to be saved, you can be saved right now universal in his scope, universal in its simplicity. What do I have to do to be saved? That Philippian jailer, when all the doors fell, and the jailhouse shook, and he ran out to find uh, Paul and Silas, and he walked in and said, Church, sure, what must I do to be saved? Listen, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. How simple is that? You say, oh, that's a Baptist way. That's all right. It's the Bible way too. And that is the only way, universal in its simplicity, universal in its scope, universal in its sufficiency. Take away the sins of the world. My sins are gone. I'm a sinner, but my sins are gone. Gone, hidden. Hidden. Behind the back of Almighty God, never to look at him again. Gone for him his sight as far as the east is from the west. A continual forgiveness of Almighty God. Gone, bless your heart, cast in the deepest part of the sea, never to be brought up again. Thank God the Lamb of God is God's promised Lamb. Is a universal Lamb. It's universal in its scope, in its simplicity, and its sufficiency. Thank God I'm saved. Not because of works of righteousness which I have done, but by his mercy he has saved me. God, who is rich in mercy, who is rich in mercy, and with his great love he hath loved us. Man, oh man, that's better than snuff, not near as dusty. You say, Well, preacher, why are you preaching to save folk like that? If you're saved, you'll appreciate it more, and if you're not, you need to get saved. You like that step? I did that to see if the television guy was asleep, see if he could catch me when I'm moving around. Saved, yes saved. God provided, just like he said, 1900 years before John penned it, and now 1900 years After John quoted, Behold the Lamb of God, 3,800 years ago, promised Abraham he do it, and John said, And thank God I received it, and now I'm saved. 3,800 years. And when eternity begins, it'll still work. And while eternity rolls on, we'll be praising the Lamb, singing a new song unto our God. Universal, yes it was, in its strength. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and Paul said, in whom I am chief. Strength, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The word power in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 is the word dunamis. You see, I didn't know you know any Greek. Yeah, I know a little Greek, but it's around the corner from my house. Dunamis It's the word we get our dynamite from. It's the same word, root word, where we get our the dynamite, the explaining, the omniscient, all-power of Almighty God. The Bible says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the dynamite of God. Embrace it, and it'll blow hell right out of you and blow Jesus in. It's powerful enough. To change your language overnight when I got saved I had a fellow walking around me for about six months ordering food for me because I couldn't do it without cussing do you guys need a fellow to walk around with you he's the Holy Spirit when he moves in all that junk ought to move out it's the power of God I'm glad that God has provided for us a sacrifice that is universal. Thank God whosoever will may come. I uh, was reading, Andrew's been preaching out of the book of Ezra. I think it's the only place he reads. He's preaching out of Ezra chapter 35 tonight. It's said about a king that's introduced in, in uh, the book of Ezra. King Cyrus, the founder of the Persian Empire, once had conquered a prince and his family. When they came before Cyrus the king, Cyrus asked the prince, What will you give me if I release you? The prince said, half of my wealth. He said, what will you give me if I release your children? He said, everything that I possess. He then asked him, what will will you give me if I release your wife? I know what you're thinking. He said, Your Majesty, I will give you myself. Cyrus saw the compassion on the young prince's face and he said, I don't want anything. You're free to go. He left and as they were riding back to their own country, the young prince looked at his wife and says, Honey, wasn't King Cyrus such a handsome man? She said, I don't know. I wasn't looking at him. I was looking at the one that was willing to give himself for you love Jesus that much he gave himself just for you god has provided the world a universal universal sacrifice god has provided the world with an unequaled savior unequal in power don't say that he cannot save you don't say he cannot change you don't even think that he cannot keep you don't even think that he cannot transport you from this hellish place to a place called heaven Don't you even dare think that you are the most unordinary person in the world. The one that God cannot save. The one that God cannot forgive. The one who's gone so deep in sin and stayed so long that God cannot forgive. There's no such creature on this earth. The gospel is the power of God. An unequaled Savior. An unequaled Now listen, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and I know them, for I have given unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, for my Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. An unequal Savior with unequal power, with unequal uh, supply, with unequaled provision. Thank God that I met that Savior. You say, Preacher, where did you find him? He didn't, I didn't find him. He found me. See, when he found me, I wasn't looking for him. Uh, he, he found me in my front room, my front living room one night. Yes, he did. He found me when I stooped in my rotten, stinking sins. He found me when my morals was that of a backyard alley cat. He found me when I'd drink it or catch it or fight it if I could catch it. I was not looking for him. He was looking for me. I was that one sheep wandering in the wilderness of sin, raising hell, not caring for my family, not acting like I had any sense, and he found me. Found me, yes, he did. He found me on my couch in my living room one night 48 or 9 years ago. Yes, he did. He found me. Thank God. He had the power. He had the provision. And that soul winner told me about the purpose. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. How many folk believe in God? Would you raise your hand if you really believe very both of them? Let not your heart be troubled. You let them down. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is speaking. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, if you've got a Bible, it says manufactured housing throw that sucker away. Jesus is the master carpenter taught by his own father. He'd been working on our mansion now for 2,000 years. And you can bet your bottom dollar mine don't have wheels on it. It's okay if you got wheels on it, but in heaven we ain't got no wheels on it. It's a permanent situation. In my father's house are many mansions. So, no, not? so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, he said. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and bring you unto myself. Then he said to them he said the place you know and the way you know. And Thomas said, the Lord how can I know the way I don't know the way and Jesus now listen said I am the way you plan on get to heaven through your church you forget all about it, buddy. you're not gonna get there that way Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life no man come to the Father but by me I read this morning about the book a.m. hunter there's a New Testament scholar Great story about a dying man who asked his Christian physician to tell him something about the place called heaven where he was going. And the doctor was just absolutely dumbfounded. How how can I explain to a dying man what heaven's going to be? Suddenly he heard his dog scratching at the door trying to get in. the doctor said to the dying man you hear that dog scratching at the door he said yes sir he said that dog wants in here and he don't know what's in here he just wants to be with me Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me now I don't care how many created beings there. and I don't care how many uh, creatures out of the book of Ezekiel's got four heads on every side, two wings for every head, wheels traveling to the speed of light. I don't care if there's 10,000 them suckers there. I ain't looking for them. I'm looking for that guy with them nail prints in his hands. I'm looking for one that has the dimpled scars in his brow from the crown of thorns. I'm looking for the guy that's got the hole in his side that was pierced for me. Heaven will be, yes, Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. What what do you think heaven's going to be like? Who cares? As long as Jesus is there. A universal Savior. Would you believe I'm almost done? I said that so you'd wake up. (laughs) God's provided universal, urgent salvation. Urgent. Urgent. Why? Because man's nature demands it. The Bible describes us in Ephesians 2 as being the children of wrath. I dare you to watch... The news this evening, and I'll bet you there'll be 99% bad, 1% good. There'll be murder, rape, every kind of malady, every kind of weird, hurtful thing that's going on, terrorism. Under the disguise of religion and under the disguise of God. You know why Jesus came? Because we need it. We need him. What we don't need is a new president. What we need is a good Lord. A Lord that is in charge. We need what we need today is an urgent salvation. Man's need demands it. I don't know if I could get you lost or not in one minute. But I know one thing. If I can't persuade you that you're lost, you'll never be saved. Why well, you got I, I, go to look go look at that parking lot, buddy. We ain't hurt. How many cars you think the parking lot's got roll-up windows? We suffer in America. You know why we don't think about heaven? Because we got all of it right here. Eighty-two inch remote control, ten thousand channels. We can walk through them thing. Everything from Hoop Gibson, Randolph Scott. Huh? You see. Your problem is not that you're lost because you really don't think you are. You know, you're all right. Well, you're probably as good as anybody in this church. You probably pay your bills more regular. But is your hair falling out? Is your forehead stretching Hey ladies you got that Clarol stuff that keeps that kind of pale looking hair from cropping in Is your anatomy changing geographically Has anything fell that you need to lift Has anything grown you need to sprung. Go to the bathroom, ladies, take it off, breathe, then come back, and I'll finish. (laughs) Now, why is that happening? Why are you trying to make everybody think you're not getting old? Now, why is that happening? Wherefore, by one man, sin entered into the world. Now get this next phrase and death by sin. For sin and death is passed upon every man for all have sin. And if you are a sinner, if you want to go to heaven, you want your sins forgiven. It's necessary that you be saved. And it is urgent. Behold, today is the accepted time. Today is a day of salvation. So I'll do it tomorrow. Now, how do you know you're going to be around tomorrow? How many folks in this church who thinks toting firearms? It would scare you there's probably more ammunition in this church than they are at Walmart. And I know you're carrying it for your own safety, but don't get mad at me and shoot me. But somebody sitting next to you could shoot you, and then you ain't got tomorrow. Thank God He provided for us He provided for us an urgent salvation. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Listen, you don't have to be a church member to go to heaven. You don't have to be a Baptist to go to heaven. I told you, and I'm closing. See, when I close my Bible, means I'm closing. See? Closing. See Close Closing. When we closed the first loan on the, that we ever borrowed here at Joshua Baptist Church, that's been a lot of hair ago. We had a, an attorney who was a Christian. He was a good guy. I love him. He's in heaven today. He was a conservative Methodist, and he believed in being born again. And me and all the finance committee and back in those days, we didn't have a very big committee because we didn't have a very big church, you know. We were borrowing $220,000 to build that building down yonder where the Spanish church is today. sitting around the table with the bankers and everybody and men, can you imagine how young I looked 27 and a half years ago? I had hair to hear. ducktails, Poofed it in front and down. As I was sitting there at the table, the lawyer looked at me in a, at a slack time and he said to me, he said, Preacher, when we get to heaven if we find out Baptist is running things, will you let me in? I wanted to say no. I said, sir, if we get to heaven we find out Baptist is running, I me and you both will leave. Baptist ain't going to be running anything. He will be king of kings and lord of lords. And if you'll get saved today, you'll say then, man, I'm glad that the Lamb of God came to take away the sin of the world.